there are lots of attractions at the fair. All sorts of sideshows to keep us amused. We've come back here to look at a variation on a fairground attraction, the roller tin. You want the, you want the liquid one in the middle? You go for the frozen one. The right hand can is empty. The middle can is full of liquid. And this can is frozen solid. All of the cans are identical in size and shape. So the only difference is the state of the content. I do. Who thinks the liquid can's going to win? Me. Who the solid one? Which one do you think will win? Everybody out of the way. Ready. Steady. Go. The empty can gets left far behind. Why is this? When the can is empty, most of its mass is around the outside. Looking inside a full can reveals a different picture. Now a lot of the mass is inside, closer to the axis of rotation. And it's able to roll faster. Well, there are clear similarities there, Judy, with the examples we saw earlier on of the uh, young girl sitting in the chair and the skater spinning on the ice. When their distribution of mass is greatest, when their hands and arms and legs are spread away from the axis of rotation, then they tend to rotate slowly. When the arms and legs and the mass is brought in closer to the axis of rotation, then you see a fast rotating body. So that's why the empty can goes slower. That's correct. Ready, steady. But that doesn't tell us why the solid can is slower than the liquid can. To understand that, we need to look inside the cans once more. The reason the liquid can beats the solid is that not all the liquid will rotate with the can. And so the outside of the can moves at a slightly faster angular velocity than the inside to compensate. With the roller tin, the rotation of the can is combined with its motion under gravity, down the slope. So let's go back to the rotation of the human body, combined with motion under gravity. Whether it's falling from the high board, or jumping from the springboard, a diver behaves like any other body. Well, Judy, as we know, all bodies falling under the influence of gravity describe a parabolic flight path. The diver in the takeoff in these scenes has a horizontal component to his velocity and a vertical component to his velocity. When those two components are combined, the center of mass then describes a parabolic flight path. So in analyzing diving technique in sports science, we can look at the pathway of the center of mass as one element of the dive and the rotation of the body around the center of mass 
as a second element of the diving technique. So the motion of the diver can be modelled in two parts. The motion of the centre of mass executing a parabola and the rotation of the body about the centre of mass. That's right. When the diver leaves the board, he's leaning forward. So there's a torque to start the rotation and give him angular momentum, which is then conserved. This is true of any body when there's no external torque applied. Divers' rates of rotation are controlled by the way that they adjust their body position in the air. Obviously, all rotation is created at the point of takeoff. And once they're up there, they've got something which they can't completely get rid of. And we go through uh, three shape changes. One is the straight shape, where the body is uh, absolutely straight, as it says, and that is the slowest rotating position. Second is the pike shape, where the body is bent only at the hips, and you make a, as compact a shape as you can with that restriction. And the third and the fastest rotating one is the tuck shape, where the body is bent at the knees and at the hips. It's bunched up as tightly as you can make it. OK, Dave, so what's happening to the moment of inertia in those different positions? Well, the moment of inertia, as we said earlier, is the distribution of body mass around the axis of rotation. If we look at the divers in these pictures, in the right-hand example, the handstand position shows the greatest distribution of mass that's possible. The body segments are as far removed from the axis of rotation as is possible, therefore you will get a very slow rotation. In the example on the left, the diver is assumed a very tight tuck position, which will bring all the body segments as close to the axis of rotation and therefore maximise angular velocity. In both types of dive, the angular momentum created will be conserved throughout the dive. Angular velocity times moment of inertia will always equal the constant. Rates of rotation change once you've left the board. You try and start with the slowest amount of rotation that you can, which means you're going to make your straightest lever so that when you change the shape from that long lever, you will increase as much as you possibly can in as short a time as possible. So again, when you want to slow down and, and make your entry into the water, by changing the shape back out to the slowest rotating one, it gives you the most control over an entry. So what happens when the diver hits the water? Well, as we said, Julie, the angular momentum within the system is conserved. So the diver is still turning as he or she hits the water. There's a great need to minimise the turning effect as the dive is being completed to allow a vertical entry. So a moment of inertia has to be restored at its maximum possible value. So straightening out does this? Yes. What the diver has to do is time the opening out to achieve the optimal entry position for the water. If the timing is wrong, in that the diver opens out too early or too late, then they'll either under-rotate or, more painfully, over-rotate the dive. Once they've entered the water, the resistance of the water provides a torque which will reduce the angular momentum in the system and stop the rotation. So in order to start or stop rotation, you need to apply a torque? Yes, that's right. And the rate of rotation is determined by the moment of inertia. And the concept of moment of inertia has some very valuable applications in other sports as well. <laughs>